This is The Collegiate. Hello there, I am your host, Finn, along with Alex, and today we'll be going over the weekly review of games, discussing them, we'll look at the rankings for the first time this season, and then we'll be going over next week's predictions. So, uh, Alex, is there any games in particular you want to go over? Uh, I think the biggest game of the weekend was probably Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, probably not. I mean, it was just like a really high-scoring affair. I think four overtimes. Uh, I think there were a lot of emotions involved. So if you have anything, probably, to say, and it's probably kind of irrelevant to the playoff this year. But watching it, like I, I turned it off with five minutes left in the quarter because Ellinger had thrown a pick, and I didn't think they'd get the ball back twice, let alone or once, let alone twice. Um and really have a shot at winning it and in the end I mean it really just came down to I would say just who could endure more and that ended up being Oklahoma who were was able to score but Ellinger played fantastically played out of his mind one of his I think it was probably his best um, of that rivalry and uh, he had 287 yards two TDs um, he ran in for a huge one in OT. Um, probably should have been holding on that play, but it was a very exciting game. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing was sort of what had not been previously looked at was like Sam Ellinger's running ability. He had yeah, and he had twenty three carries for hundred and twelve yards with four touchdowns. Um, and I, I don't think anyone was expecting that. I think the last play of the game was pretty unfortunate. Like I think. Like Te- Ellinger basically had his man, but he just kind of overthrew it, and then the 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 DB was just kind of in the right place at the right time, and that kind of yeah. ended the game. But other than that, it was it was a really good game, and I think that yeah. you know with I, just, all with, I think it kind of just added to the drama with like missed kicks and all that. Yeah, stuff and overtime. no, that was that was raining. I, I thought the game was over after Texas missed it, and looked like it was going to be an easy chip for uh, the Oklahoma kicker who's missed a couple this year. Um, and this year, he, and then he, he just shanked it. Um, but it was thrilling. Uh, and I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think, I think if the throw had been a little bit better, and I think, I think it just came down to Oklahoma was able to, Oklahoma scored, Texas didn't. And I thought it was a great game. Yeah, and just one thing before we move on. Oklahoma had a 99.3% win probability according to, like, ESPN, with 4.57 left to go in the fourth quarter. And then that kind of, like, just all turned around uh, as soon as Texas was able to really just go off on offense to end the game. Or not end the game, but end the fourth quarter. So it just shows you that kind of anything could happen in college football. Perhaps one of the bigger, um, almost, like, uh, this almost happened moments was Arkansas narrowly lost Auburn, and Auburn did not look good at all. Uh, against a, a defense that I said in, I said in the first podcast I think Arkansas was becoming that kind of doormat of the SEC and they've shown with a win over Mississippi last week they were in it for a little bit with Georgia um, and then nearly beating Auburn that I mean within a few years this program could be very good and this Auburn narrow loss proved it but of course that could just be Auburn not being that great football team. I mean, if you just look at the like pure like stats and box score of this game, Auburn had a seventeen nothing lead 
in the second quarter. And, you know, Arkansas kind of fought their way back. Uh, they, I don't know, they weren't able, like, on the first touchdown, they missed the extra point. On the second touchdown, they didn't convert the two-point conversion. So that was why they had, like, 12 points. And that ultimately was really, like, a key factor in the game because they only lost by two points. So if they just got those two extra points, two extra points, it would have been 30-30 to 30 and could have been yeah. a different game. But I think, I mean, I think Arkansas played pretty well. They had, with, with 529 left, uh, they, you know, they got a touchdown uh, from Franks. And I think that they had a chance, but the issue is in college football with how defenses are playing this year. If, if, if all you've got is a one-point lead, it's, it's probably going to be pretty, pretty tough to hold on. And I don't think Auburn has the easiest schedule going forward. They've got U.S. Uh, South Carolina next week. Then they got Mississippi, who we'll talk about later, but had a great game against Alabama. LSU, who I I don't really know what to think of them yet. Um, Mississippi State probably a win, but then they got Tennessee, Alabama, and Texas A&M to close out the season. So it's not going to get much easier for them. And what I'm looking for in the next couple of games is is a lot of improvement. Otherwise, I don't think you know, they'll be a serious contender. Yeah, so do you want to move on to... Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we have to, of course, look at uh, the Georgia game against Tennessee, which was, for the first half of it, was entertaining. And, uh, but, and Georgia made a few kind of mistakes on the first play of the, I think, yeah, first play of the game, it was um, bad snap, ended up in the end zone, Tennessee got a touchdown off of that, but for me, this game ultimately came down to Tennessee's offense, and not being able to do much, and just kind of, like, there, they had so many chances to pull away early, and they just weren't, because they were getting on Georgia's offense, and if they just capitalized on one or two of those, I think they would Yeah, I agree. And I think that, like, if you look at it, they were totally in this game, like you said, in the first half. And then they didn't take advantage of the opportunities that they needed. And that ultimately allowed Georgia to just score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown uh, late in that game um, and just completely pull away. But I think you, got, I think you're, you had a good point. Their offense was not particularly very good. Um, you know, their quarterback only had 215 yards. Um, and I think that, like, in, in this type of SEC where there's just very little offense, I mean, very little defense, sorry. I think that it's going to be tough moving forward if they can, they, I mean, in this game, they only scored 14 offensive points. So I, I think it's going to be tough for them. Um, and we'll look to see what they do. They are a pretty, you know, high rank, highly ranked team. They got to pretty solid game i would say against kentucky next week where they should be able to get back on track um at home so unless something goes you know haywire there i think they'll be able to get that win and then one of the biggest games um that we have to discuss is texas a&m florida texas a&m getting a game-winning field goal that i turned on just in time to, to see um to beat florida and florida it ultimately came down to bad interception and that that gave Texas enough time, Texas enough time to go down, drive the field, and kick the game winner. Uh, so Florida, I mean, and again, you talked about not being much defense. This game, forty-one, Texas A&M was able to score forty-one. 
on on Florida. So it was I thought Florida should have won this game. Clearly didn't, but this is a huge win for Texas A and M and Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, and I think Texas A and M really needed to win this game, given the fact that they're, given the fact that their you know schedule is going to be tough moving forward. I think that Florida. I mean, I think this is a pretty even game from both teams. If you look at the box score, Kyle Trask had about three hundred and twelve yards with four touchdowns. Kellen Mond had about three hundred thirty-eight yards with three touchdowns. So, I mean, the quarterbacks both played pretty well. I think that you know, Florida's like ability to close out the game late was just not very good. They had a seven point lead, thirty eight to thirty one, with about six minutes to go. And they allowed a fifty one part fifty one yard pass from Kellen Maud to Caleb Chapman. Um and and I think that they gave the right they gave the ball right back after that and that allowed Texas But I feel like to... Texas AM could have also may not have needed that because they had it they had an interception earlier. Um that was brought back I think because of a holding. Uh, a bad holding, but it was it, it, at the time it was something that they needed and you thought at the time that if they didn't get this they weren't gonna win. They they clearly did. Florida got lucky on that. But I think I think Texas A and M had that play not happened, I think they could have I don't think they would have they wouldn't have needed that field goal because the interception had it happened at like the fifty would have put them in great position. I think it would have changed the game. Uh, and I think that was in the third, maybe second quarter. Uh, so it would have changed the game drastically. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think you're pretty right on that. And I think that Florida, I mean, Florida's schedule is sort of tough moving forward. It's not particularly too bad. I mean, they have LSU, Missouri, Georgia's a pretty tough game. Then they have Arkansas, and and I, I think Arkansas has looked, as we touched upon, pretty good. Um, and then they have Vanderbilt, UK, or not UK, but the Kentucky and then Tennessee. So we'll see. The final of the SEC games that we're going to discuss right now is Alabama Ole Miss. Alabama. The score doesn't show it, but this was a very close game. Alabama won 63-48. And watching this game, it ultimately came down to Lane Kiffin's play calling, which I thought was good. They were... Uh, Ole Miss was on the tail on Alabama each time. Alabama would score, Ole Miss would score. Alabama would score, Ole Miss would score. And so finally, Lane Kiffin decided, you know what, my defense is going to stop him, and went for the onside kick. Did not get it. All Alabama went on the score. They went proceeded to go and kick a field goal, and that was kind of the game changing point. But I like this because Lane Kiffin realized his at some point his offense would not score, and Alabama's would, and so he took it into his own hands. They nearly got it. I don't think it quite went ten yards, um, but it looked like a de- it looked like a decent onside kick, and so ultimately I don't think Alabama won this. I think Lane Kiffin took it into we're going to dictate if we win or if we lose. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, but I think you covered it pretty well. I think that, uh, I mean, I think Old Miss, they, they sort of knew that they needed that um, to go their way, and they didn't want to let Alabama sort of dictate how they were going to play. I mean, obviously, Alabama needed pretty much everything to win this game. They needed 23 carries for 206 yards and five touchdowns from Najee Harris. Yeah. To win this game, and Mac Jones. Um, and Mac Jones had a massive game, 417 yards with only two touchdowns. But I think the 417 yards kind of shows you how well he played, and he only had four incompletions the entire game. 
So Alabama needed literally everything to win this game, and the onside kick kind of makes the game the score look a little like little bit uh, like the differential look a little bit bigger than it actually yeah. was in terms of closeness. So, yeah. so shifting to the ACC, first game I'm gonna talk about is Miami Clemson. I came into the thinking Miami had a good shot at winning this. I even predicted last week that they would win. Clearly did not. Alabama, uh, Clemson was a much better team. But Miami did have a couple of chances to get back in the game. And Clemson just showed their dominance and ran away. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I think if you look at this game, like, Clemson's defense played pretty well. Uh, Miami could not get really anything going offensively. Before the fourth quarter, they only had 10 points, and, you know, the the they scored late to get it to 17-35, but that was kind of, I mean, they had pretty much already lost the game at that point. So you can really look at this and just see that Clemson's defense played pretty well, combined with the fact that Trevor Lawrence did Trevor Lawrence things, and I think that this just kind of shows why Clemson is number one. They're good on both sides of the ball. And, I think and, and, and they can keep that. teams, because at the end of the second quarter, Miami was... Miami had a shot at taking the lead down to a to one score. Columbus' defense came up big, and next they come out and score fourteen on and court, score fourteen in the third, and pretty much just seal the deal. Um, but then the, the final game that we're going to talk about is Virginia Tech, North Carolina. And this game, I felt like, was a little bit closer. Uh, North Carolina had, I think, it was a twenty-one zero lead in the first quarter. Blew it, let Virginia Tech come back, and then they never really let Virginia Tech have a lead. But it was somewhat of a close game. I never felt like North Carolina really had total control. I thought they would let Virginia come back at times, close enough to the point where you'd be like, North Carolina might lose this. And then they'd kind of inch away again. So I thought it was, I thought it was a different by them, but uh, I I just I I didn't trust. I especially coming off a narrow win against Boston College, I just I don't think it impressed me. It didn't impress me a a lot. Yeah, I think that if you like in the third quarter with about seven minutes to go, North Carolina had a forty-two seventeen lead, and by the end of the quarter, that was just they had that. I mean, they lost twenty points of that lead, and it was thirty-seven to forty-two made it a really close game that it didn't need to be. Obviously, North Carolina was able to pull away late with two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But I, I think that, like you said, this doesn't necessarily prove that North Carolina is that good of a team. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I think that Virginia Tech, like, they played well. But, I mean, if you just look at the stats that they were putting up, like, if they had just played a little bit better, there's a great chance they win this game. Like, you can just look at it and see that I, I think this shows a lot about how North Carolina needs to play a lot better in, in yeah. later weeks. So we're going to shift it over to looking at the rankings for the first time this season. I actually think this is a fairly good. There's a couple things I'm not loving. Um, and, and that's primarily North Carolina being number five. We just, we're, we've just been talking about how they haven't impressed us despite winning. And I feel like five is a little high now. Of course, since the Big Ten hasn't played, you don't get a whole lot of, like, you know, you can't sit, like, 
they're probably not better than Ohio State, but it just it's adds this weird thing to the rankings. Um, but I don't think North Carolina is five. Yeah, I think the rankings are. I I think the rankings. I see. I always think that at this point in the season, it's probably too early to even release rankings. Yeah. Um, because I just think that it's there's just so much unproven and there's just lots of uncertainty going forward. I mean, I think they did the top four pretty well. I think obviously Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame. I think that's pretty good. Um, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame came off a. I mean, they they hadn't played in two weeks, and I thought they. They stumbled a little bit early, if Florida State believed, but then they kind of composed themselves and they began playing like really a number four, four team shape. Yeah, and I want to see. I I think obviously seeing how these teams that haven't played yet, obviously um, teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, you know Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, Minnesota, USC, Oregon. I think seeing all these teams play, I think I said Oregon twice, but I think seeing all these teams play, it's going to be interesting because we haven't seen them play yet. And a lot of the times, you know, obviously these preseason rankings are not very accurate. Um, so I think we'll get to see how these teams play. And I think it'll be add a new dimension given that we're in a different world yeah. right now. So. And Oklahoma's coming off kind of a one week off. Going to be playing Baylor. Um, and I think... I. I would, yeah, I think sounds fun. I think being the top of the Big 12 is a good thing. Um, but after this short segment, we're finally going to move on to our predictions for this upcoming week. So, without further ado, let's get into them. Uh, so, first game, Louisville versus Notre Dame. Um, I think that I, I think that this is probably a big win for Notre Dame. Uh, I don't think that Louisville has played particularly well. Um, given that they lost to, I mean, they lost badly to Georgia Tech. So I, I think that, you know, Louisville, Louisville is kind of a bottom of the ACC team right now. And I think that Notre Dame's co- coming off a good win. So they should be able to keep that. I agree. I think Notre Dame, as I said, they stumbled a little bit, but I thought they'd played perfectly the rest of the way through. I never really had any doubts, even when they weren't winning, that they would lose. I've got Notre Dame big in this one, because um, Louisville just isn't that great of a team. Clemson, Georgia Tech. I think this is another big win for Clemson. Uh, I think that Georgia Tech, uh, I mean, they haven't played particularly, like, they haven't played particularly, like, too bad, but I just think that Clemson overpowers them in this game, given that their offense and defense has played really pretty well so far. I, I agree. I don't think Georgia Tech stands much of a chance. Um, Clemson manhandled Canes. Clemson by, by more than enough to win. Um, Miami-Pittsburgh. I think this is an interesting game, given that Miami did not play very well at Clemson, but obviously that's Clemson. Um, and I think Pittsburgh is probably pretty hungry for a win, given that they've lost their last two games by a combined score of two. They lost to NC State 30-29 to and BC 31-30. to So I think that those will be a really competitive game, but I think, uh, just going off gut feeling here, I think that, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't think that they win here. And I think that they're not able to get this win. Yeah, I, uh, I I see this as a potentially tough game for Miami. Uh, in 2017, they came in as the number two seed to Pittsburgh, and they 
lost. Not this time. I think Miami will have a good day and win. Though I do think they could have a little bit of trouble early. Auburn versus South Carolina. You know, this is, and I think Finn kind of agrees with me here, but I think that this is a big potential for an upset game. Auburn, like we've talked about, has not looked particularly very well. Obviously, they got destroyed by Georgia, and then they barely eked out the win um, this week against Arkansas. And I think that, you know, on the flip side, South Carolina has, you know, they're, they're you know, they're coming off. They, they played Vanderbilt, but it was still a 41-7 to win, dominant. Um, and, I, and I think that this is, uh, I think this is, has a good potential for an upset game, given that their only two losses were to Tennessee and Florida, which are both ranked teams. And they were in both of those games, or at least the Tennessee game for most of it. So I think that uh, you can look to the fact that I think South Carolina is able to get this win here. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn really hasn't played that well in the last two games. They got killed by Georgia. They It took a game-winning field goal to beat Arkansas. I've got South Carolina at home because, I mean, I just don't, I think, I just, Auburn hasn't impressed, and I think they, the, they'll come into this thing and they might, they should probably beat this team, and I don't think they will. I think, I think South Carolina will surprise, and I think they'll win. Tennessee, Kentucky. I think Tennessee wins this game. They, you know, they, they I think they get back on the winning side of things here. I don't think Kentucky has... You know, I don't. I don't think Kentucky is a very good team. Um, they they haven't played particularly well. Um, obviously, they lost to Auburn, who I don't think Auburn has played well at all. Um, even though Auburn is a ranked team, uh, they only lost by, you know, one to Mississippi, um, and then they beat Mississippi State. But I just think that Tennessee comes back from their, you know, their loss and they win. I agree. I think this more has this game will have more to do with Kentucky being a bad team and Tennessee being a decent team, than Tennessee being a good team and, and Kentucky being an okay team. Kentucky's not a good team. Tennessee's a good. T- Tennessee's a fine team. Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins this. LSU, Florida, if it happens. Yeah, I think that the I was going to mention the coronavirus has kind of affected that, but I think that this is a pretty interesting game. Both teams, I, I, both teams lost, right? And I think that, you know, while, um, while I think that LSU has a chance, I think that Florida, I, 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 I think I go with Florida here. I, I, I'm gonna come out with a disagreement here. I think, I think while Florida will, you know, is isn't gonna be happy with how they played. I think a lot of this game will come down to. If it does happen this week, it'll come down to who Florida is losing, because uh, they they can only play a certain amount of players, and they obviously won't be able to use you know whatever players uh, have the virus. So if they if it is played, it'll all come down to who L, who Florida is losing. I think L, I think LSU will, will win this. I think Ed Orgeron is reeling off of two losses. I think they win this. Texas A and M, Mississippi State. Um, I this one is a tough one. I think that given that Texas A and M played pretty well against Florida, and I think Mississippi State, like, I don't actually think that Mississippi State is very good. I think that they won versus LSU. I think, like you mentioned before, that was kind of a fluke. 
um, before they had lost, and then after that they lost to Arkansas and only put up two against Kentucky. So I think that uh, Mississippi State goes down here. Yeah, no, I I agree. I don't think Mississippi State's that great of a team. I think Texas A&M is coming off the biggest win of the Jimbo Fisher era. era. I think Texas A&M will come out firing on all cylinders. I think Texas A&M gets a big win. Oklahoma State versus Baylor. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that Oklahoma State wins this game. Baylor has, I mean, they beat, they beat Kansas, who's not, I mean, Kansas is a basketball school, and they've also beaten, like, West Virginia, who has not been, I mean, they, they lost to West Virginia, who has not been particularly very good, so I, I would, I would go with the seventh ranked uh, Oklahoma State here. Yeah, I go with Oklahoma State. I think their running game is really good, and they're the last ranked team in their conference. So I've got Virginia Tech. I mean, uh, Oklahoma State. My bad. Um, next game, Virginia Tech versus Boston College. I think this is an interesting game, and I think that Boston College definitely can win this game. Their only loss was to UNC, and I think, like you said before, I think I... I was probably wrong about that. I think that it did show a lot about um, Boston College's potential. And I think Virginia Tech has, I mean, they, they've done okay. Um, they've played NC State and Duke, but their UNC loss was, I mean, it, it wasn't very good. Um, they were down by a lot. I mean, they clawed back in the game, but UNC kind of pulled away. So I will go with Virginia Tech here, but I would not be surprised at all if Boston College wins. So both Virginia Tech and Boston College have lost to UNC, and quite frankly, I thought Boston College's loss was a much better one. Uh, I was not impressed, super impressed with Virginia Tech. Then again, I, wasn't also, I also wasn't very impressed with UNC. I think Boston College will win that, despite uh, a one a one point win over Pitt. I think Boston College will win this. I just think I, I, I'm coming. I'm looking at this uh, coming up team set. Who who beat who who narrowly who who put up a good fight against the number five team in the country and I thought Boston College was doing well so I I, I think Boston College will win this and then finally the marquee matchup of perhaps this entire year Georgia versus Alabama um yeah I I think it's a great matchup I'm just gonna go with Alabama here I think the experience is a little bit better and I think that they're at home I think that you know, Alabama has kind of had Georgia's number, so I'll go with Alabama. Yeah, I think uh, I think Georgia had a good win against Tennessee last week, and Alabama's kind of reeling off of a, a narrow win against Ole Miss. I don't think Nick Saban will be happy. I think he'll come out. Um, his players will be feeling the pressure of um, of only that only Nick Saban can give on players. I mentioned last week that Nick Saban is sixteen zero against. Former assistants. He's now seventeen and zero. I'm gonna make it eighteen. I got Alabama. So that'll be it for this week. Next week we'll probably we'll, we'll come out and we'll discuss the Big Ten and our predictions for that. But until then, we'll see you. Thank you guys for listening.